Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations. It's a Chicago Bulls podcast, more appropriately, Jason. This is a Chicago Bulls podcast for people who love the Bulls so much that they actually hate them. (laughs) I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm with Jason Pat. Jason, you're back from a wedding in Mexico. How was that? Oh, it was great. Uh, it was great to get away. It was great to not watch the Bulls for a few days and like not pay that much attention. I think, well, that was what, last Friday. I was there for, like Thursday through Sunday. Uh, and last Friday, I was like, out to dinner. The Bulls were playing the Warriors, obviously. Uh, and, like, check, I just assumed that they were going to win. I checked my phone. Like I got back from dinner and saw that they lost, and I just could only laugh. Just, like, just ridiculous. And, obviously... Uh, it, it is. You mentioned the thing about like for Bulls fans that like love the Bulls but like want them, like hate them, and, like want them to lose. Like, it is such like an unfortunate situation that we're in a position where like so many Bulls fans are my mentions saying like I hope they lose, I hope they get their ass beat every game. Like that's so sad as a fan base coming into a season where like we had these expectations of playoffs and just a fun season, and we're not we're like a third of the way in, and like everyone in my mentions like wants them to lose. Obviously, they are coming off a victory. We will talk. We'll recap the week that was. They beat the Clip. A very shorthanded Clippers squad, by the way, in their last game. It was their first win over a uh, winning team. But again, there was no Kawhi Leonard, no Lou Williams, no Patrick Beverly, no Jermichael Green. So they were missing like almost fifty percent of like their minutes. So I mean, good for the Bulls for actually winning. But yeah, I mean, it's just been getting away on vacation was great. Just laying by the pool, not really thinking about the Bulls very much. But it is good to be back. Uh, Ricky, yeah, what, what, your thoughts, what happened, tell us what happened this last week of Bulls basketball. Yeah, so the last week of Bulls basketball, if you listen to the last episode, Zach Lee and I recorded that after the Bulls overtime loss to the Miami Heat on Sunday, December 8th. So the Bulls played the next night against the Raptors. They lose 93-92. The end of the game, last possession, Zach Levine driving to the basket. He has Daniel Gafford open for the layup, doesn't see him, ends up taking a bad shot attempt. Bulls lose by one. The only reason that game was even close is because the Raptors just didn't take the Bulls seriously as an opponent. I think that's a trend we've been seeing throughout December. Buddy Heald said it after the Bulls beat the Kings. He said, we didn't take them seriously. I think the Miami Heat in that game at the beginning of December uh, took the exact same approach. They seem to be sleepwalking through that game. Same with Toronto. It works to Toronto's benefit. They still get the one-point win over the Bulls. Uh, I'm not going to blame it on Levine, but I mean, it is a microcosm of a lot of his struggles in crunch time. He had Daniel Gafford wide open. Levine is an incredible shot maker in those situations, but he also doesn't really read the floor and if you're gonna be the guy with the ball in the end of your hand with the ball in your hands at the end of the game you need to be able to actually read what's happening around you uh so bulls fall on that monday to toronto Two nights later, they beat Atlanta 136-102. This game was a blowout from the very start. Atlanta was coming off a back-to-back in overtime against the Heat the night before. So uh, Atlanta looked totally gassed. If the Bulls would have lost that game, I had a fire Jim Boylan article uh, basically written in my head all ready to go. But the Bulls win that game only to set up Friday's game against the Hornets, which is another contender for the worst loss of the season for the Bulls. Bulls lose... 83-73. 83-73. Bulls as a team shoot 38% true shooting. 38% true <laughs> shooting percentage oh my God. for a team on the game. 
an average true shooting percentage for a player on the season is about 55%, so that lets you know just how bad 38 is. I think that is the lowest point total by any NBA team this season. We've seen teams hit 73 and a half pretty regularly throughout this NBA season where the scoring's been way up the last couple of years. Uh, So just an atrocious offensive performance by the Bulls. Levine was their leading scorer with 12 points. Every single person within the organization should be absolutely ashamed of themselves at the result to Charlotte. Then, of course, the Bulls win the next night on a back-to-back against the L.A. Clippers. Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams. Bulls eke out the win, 109-106 at the end of the game. Some terrific Zach Levine shot making. I cannot believe the Bulls won that game. I was just waiting for them to blow it at the end. But give them credit. It was the first time the Bulls have beaten a team over 500 all season. The Bulls have finally beat a squad that isn't one of the worst in the very league. So one of one of the worst teams in the league. So I guess they deserve some credit for that. Uh, but in general, the Bulls are ten and eighteen right now. Uh, I believe they are in let's see nine, ten, eleventh place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're three games back of or four games back of the Magic, who are currently twelve and fourteen in the number eight spot. They're behind the Pistons. They're behind the Hornets, who are ninth in the East as well. So the Bulls still have a ton of issues. The Bulls still have a lot of ground to make up if they're somehow going to crawl their way back into the playoff mix i don't think it's going to happen to me this season can be buried it's dead it's over we did get one notable thing to happen this week in bulls land though jason and that's john paxton speaking to the media he did he did he talked right before uh the clippers game and i feel like when that happened well actually first it came out that he wasn't going to do his like normal christmas day like spiel on the score and everyone was Everyone was, like, ripping him for that. And then it turns out that he did these one-on-ones with uh, selected members of Bulls media. Uh, and they base, and I, I feel like we've been waiting for this. We've been waiting, like, after this disappointing start to the season, uh, we've been waiting to hear something from somebody besides Jim Boylan. Who's, and there was something else that came out that was saying, like, Jim Boylan, like, management isn't letting Jim Boylan talk about injuries, injuries anymore. He's embarrassing. So we finally get John Paxson on the record talking about the start of the season. I mean, and, like, a lot of the stuff he said was, I guess, like, kind of the same stuff we hear from him. Like, he talked about, he railed about the toughness. Like, we always hear about the toughness. That's why he loves Jim Boylan. He said Jim Boylan is safe, which is, again, this is no really no surprise. Because if they fired Jim Boylan, I mean, that goes back to the front office. Like, maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but I feel like if you fire Boylan, I mean, that's obviously, like, admitting just a colossal mistake. You hire this, you have this guy take over for Hoiberg, and then you give him an extension without without interviewing anybody else. Without interviewing somebody, I know I think John Greenberg wrote about Monty Williams specifically as a guy that they should have looked at or possibly brought in. But basically, admitting like admitting Boylan and firing him now would be just like admitting a colossal mistake. It, that would be should be grounds for John Paxson getting fired and the whole and just a whole house cleaning. So I feel like that's something that comes down to, the, to ownership, and we'll see if ownership ever even gets angry enough here. And one of the one of the, one of the other big storylines, and Paxson addressed this. I know Casey Johnson asked him about it. Is the attendance at Bulls games? I know the last couple of games, I think it was okay, but like uh, that, like the Hawks game, uh, the Grizzlies game, uh, I think it was the and the Raptors game was like was really bad. Is the bad attendance? Uh, and like we just wonder, like how much do like does this management team and like the front office and the ownership, how much do they actually care? Paxson claimed in this big interview that. Uh, that they don't really talk about it with the Ryan's Rovers. They both say, "Oh, like you know, like like we feel bad about it. Like if we win, the fans will come. Like I, this is on me. Blah 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 blah. But like, 
I mean, you would think that that seeing that dwindling attendance, given the Bulls have always had good attendance, would maybe get something out of this ownership, and maybe they'd be willing to make a big change. I don't, I don't know, but I guess it was nice to hear Paxson talk. What was your biggest takeaway from him speaking? My biggest takeaway is that he's continues to be committed to Jim Boylan. I guess that isn't a surprise. As a Bulls fan throughout the season, I've been resigned to the fact that Boylan's going to be here the whole year. But especially after some of the recent losses. And especially after the loss to the Hornets, I was thinking there's no way they can go through this year and keep him the whole season. Now, from Paxson's perspective, don't you owe it to yourself to see this new core in the rebuild with a competent head coach? It's like all of your pieces' value is diminishing. Uh, you know, Markinen doesn't look as good as he looked coming into the year. Levine has certainly taken a step back this year when we were expecting him to make the All-Star game. Uh, Carter has been good, but you know, he doesn't look amazing, certainly. So it's basically every single piece on this team that's important has regressed. From management's perspective, I would love to see a new coach with these guys. Like, is it the coach's fault that Lowry Markinen's bad, or do we just need to reassess what we have in Lowry Markinen? Because after this season's over, you have to make a decision on his next contract. That's something that's going to tie the Bulls up, you know, for four or five years, whatever they sign him for. So that is a major thing. And then from ownership's perspective, you have all the fans being very vocal with their disgust this season. That really hasn't happened the last two years. I feel like they got a two-year grace period following the Jimmy Butler trade, which for some reason, the majority of the fan base is on board with that. I still don't understand it. There's a lot of people who think that Jimmy Butler just wasn't good enough for the Bulls to build around, that's total garbage. The Bulls would have been one of the worst teams in the league during his last season without him. That's the thing that I think it's really overlooked. Uh, people say, well, the Bulls are only middle of the pack with Jimmy Butler, so we might as well trade him. Well, without him, they've been the worst team in the league. They would have been one of the worst teams in the league again if they didn't have him in that 2016 season. And, you know, we've seen it in the three years since that the Bulls just cannot compete uh, post-Jimmy Butler trade. So, from ownership's perspective, I would be looking at the attendance. I would be looking at the general vibe of the fan base, and I would be saying, you know, we need to do some fan service here. We need to get a new head coach in the mix. Regardless of what happens the rest of this year, I promise you, Jason, Jim Boylan ain't it. He's not going to be a good NBA head coach. He's never going to get another NBA head coaching job again. I promise you that. I know even Vinny Del Negro got another NBA head coaching job after the Bulls fired him. Jim Boylan never will. He is garbage. He's the worst coach in the league, in my opinion. And ownership needs to have some pride. Michael Reinsdorf, when you wake up every morning and look at yourself in the mirror do you think everyone believes that i'm trash at my job because let me tell you something michael reinstorf everyone does believe that if you have any pride in yourself and any pride in your organization you've had the silver spoon in your mouth your entire life do something aggressive do something logical put your money where everyone else wants it to go and fire jim boylan he's a garbage coach so my main takeaway is disgust it John Paxson wanting to keep Jim Boylan around for the rest of the season. I think that that's totally inexcusable. And while, you know, if you're going to ask me what would you prefer, Boylan fired today or everyone fired at the end of the year, of course I want everyone fired, but why not both, Jason? Fire Jim <laughs> Boylan right now. The Bulls have had an unbelievably disappointing start, and Boylan is the biggest culprit of it. Right, and the big the thing with the start too is we got to remember like the Bulls have had one of the softer schedules, and you just they're like they're not the thing is like they're not that like the I think one issue like winning the game yesterday is like a perfect example. Just like they're not 
that bad, which I'm like afraid they're just going to be like decent enough where they're going to like eke out just just enough wins where they where they won't do it. They're like they'll they'll be like they'll win like 30 like in the low 30s and think that that's like great. Like I would hope that's not the case. But yeah, like a game like yesterday, like you could argue like I feel like a lot of fans wanted like the Clippers went up 15 uh, in the first half yesterday. I feel like a lot of fans probably would have w- wished that the Clippers would have beaten them by 20 and put more pressure on them. You talk about like the fans just like I don't know any many fans that like Boylan at all. Like, I get the random people on Twitter who try to stick up for him. But I mean, I mean, there was that w- video that went viral uh, after that Hornets game when Boylan was walking out, walking off the court into the tunnel, and like someone called him a clown, and Boylan like was looking up at him, like trying to look like this tough guy face, and just like I mean, Boylan's basically a laughing stock at this point. Like, I, I, the weird thing is, like, I feel like he is like a smart basketball mind. We read some like interviews with him where he like sits down and. He did that thing with Darnell, uh, the athletic, where he, like he's talking about his philosophies, and like you read it, and we like we bought into it before the year. We're like, oh, maybe Jim Boylan's not that bad, but then just the face of your franchise, the guy talking like and leading all these guys, like it just seems like it's complete nonsense. And to be ten and eighteen at this point, it's brutal with the schedule that they've had and the remaining schedule. They've one of the tougher remaining schedules. We'll see. Like it's, they're not that awful. They're like I said, I think they're going to win just just enough probably to, to uh, talk to to keep Boylan. Uh, one of the things that Paxson did talk about, like his one of his excuses for like their bad start was like that, the, that Boylan put in a new system and they hired new assistants. They're doing all this new stuff, and he tried to take some accountability by saying, "Oh, it's on me. I didn't, I didn't think that like that it would take this long for our guys to get this new system." Like, I, it doesn't seem like the system is like, I mean, that like complicated. I know they're trying to shoot. They've been shooting more threes, but they're missing. I mean, they've been missing a lot of open shots. I mean, I mean, this this week in general, like. How do you go from one... I know the Hawks are a terrible defensive team, but how do you go from 136 points in one game to 73 the next one against another bad defensive team? Like, just how does that happen? Like, I don't think that's the system at all. It's probably just okay players and a bad head coach. Like, I don't know. It's just weird stuff. Like, blaming the, the new system for this offense being, like, one of the worst in the league is... I, I just I just don't really see that. I mean, some you mentioned the thing about marketing being, like, maybe we have to rethink, like, our... How we think about some of these young guys, I do think that's kind of true. Like Boylan's bad, absolutely 100. But I think we do might have to rethink of like what Larry Markin actually is and what his ceiling is. Maybe we do have to rethink. I mean, I guess with Zach Levine, we've never said he's a number one guy, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's it's been it's been it's been really really tough. Um, I'm trying to think, was there anything else that Pack inside? Like he talked about the system, he talked about Boylan a lot, he talked about the fans. To me, it was like he used the system as such a crutch. He was like, yeah, "Yeah, you know, we need to get the players comfortable within the system so they can grow out of the system. It's like, dude, these are all excuses. It's like he tried to take accountability a couple times. He's like, that's on me. But in his head, you know he's thinking that this is on the players for not being good enough. He keeps saying we continue to evaluate the core. It's like, bro, we've been hearing the same shit since you still had Jimmy Butler. You were evaluating Jaron Grant. You were evaluating Cameron Payne. You were evaluating all these other guys who aren't even in the league anymore. So that was just a massive mistake. What happened to evaluating Spencer Dinwiddie when you had him (laughs) in camp and you chose to keep Michael Carter-Williams and... Uh, Isaiah Cannon over him. So, you know, their evaluation skills are terrible. So, Paxson, whatever your excuses for why you can't evaluate the players who are in your building, outside your building, whatever it is, let me just say that you fucking suck at evaluating talent. You're not good at it. So, you should just stop doing that right now. Either give that work to 
other people in your front office, preferably not people who are already on Medicare like Doug Collins. Let's get some younger voices in this front office and not have these like same five old guys come up and make all the decisions. So that's totally garbage. I thought that Paxson, while he was taking some accountability at the end of the day, he knows Jim Boylan sucks, right? Like there's nothing inside of Paxson that actually believes that Jim Boylan (laughs) is. I think that he thinks Jim Boylan sucks or he knows Jim Boylan sucks. He knows that the moves the Bulls made in the offseason weren't good enough. He knows that the Jimmy Butler trade wasn't good enough. He knows that this rebuild, this rebuild with the core pieces being Levine, Markin, and Carter, Dunn, Kobe White, it's not good enough like even the best case scenario for the bulls was going to be in the position where no one wants to be which is where you're not at the bottom of the league you're not at the top of the league you're in this treadmill of mediocrity that the bulls so desperately didn't want to be in so they had to trade jimmy butler now the bulls would kill to be in the treadmill of mediocrity because it would be a massive step up for them uh so i'm just so frustrated by this team and this organization (laughs) every time paxton talks it is. It makes me feel worse and worse as a fan. We also saw this week where he will no longer let Boylan speak on injuries yeah. because every time Boylan is asked by the media about an injured player, he's tripping all over himself. He has no idea what he's saying. He sounds like a complete lunatic. We also had a few other winning Boylanisms this week uh, during his press conferences. You can talk a little bit about those, but just a rough week for Boylan, a rough week for Paxson. Yeah, I, man, I don't know. You talk about like the ceiling of like this core and stuff. Like, I think what I was hoping to like buy into was that Zach Levine would turn into an All Star guy. Larry Marketing might be like borderline All Star, but we've just seen just like Levine has had like Levine again. This is like the second time this year where he's had a week where it's just like the roller coaster ride is just ridiculous. Like that that Raptors game, he was awful in the second half and he had the bad play in the last possession. And then against the Hawks, he sh- goes out and hits all seven threes he takes. And he was like 12 of 16 for like 37 points, something like that. And then against the Hornets, he's like 4 of 19, 1 of 8 from 3. And then last night, he has 31 points, hits ridiculous shots. He hits the game-winning shot and a nice drive against the defense. And the- right before that, he had a big step-back three over Montrezl Harrell that basically kept the Bulls alive. He misses that, game's over. We saw that earlier in- early this year with the Heat. That heat game where he gets benched, and then he has a historic night against the Hornets. And, like, just the roller coaster ride with Zach, it's kind of the same thing. With Lowry, like, we thought maybe Lowry is, like, an all-star level player. He has been better lately. He had, Paxson actually did address this, that Lowry has been playing better in December. But still, like, he still looks more like a guy that he can, he can, when he gets hot, that's good. But, like, in terms of, like, being overall impact all-star guy, like, I just don't see it. Like he can't, he can't really handle the ball. He doesn't really play make. Like right now, he just seems like a high level role player. So like, what needed to happen for the Bulls? Like even if they were mediocre this year, the stuff they could have been mediocre, but had like legit development. Where okay, maybe they could take an even further step with more with more moves in the future. But now like, I like I feel like the the Bulls just have such a bad uh, like around the league. I feel like just the the perception of them is not good. Like I don't think they, like they. Have, I don't think anyone's going to want to go there in terms of, like, signing. Um, I mean, maybe they can trade for a star. But, like, I mean, they're clearly, like, they need a legit two-way stud, which would have been, I mean, Jimmy Butler, legit two-way stud. He's leading the Miami Heat to one of the best records in the East. They're one of the most fun teams to watch. I watched their game. I think it was that Hawk, the Hawks game where uh, where they won, they came back at, at the end and, and then won in overtime and dominated. We mentioned the guy. We, let's mention Wendell Carter Jr. I was watching When I was watching the Hawks, the Heat, the Heat Hawks game, and just kind of the Heat in general. Bam Adebayo is a guy who's kind of taken the leap that 
none of the Bulls guys have really taken. And we see we see the Heat using a guy like Bam Adebayo, using him with like the handoffs and like the assist stuff that he does. He's he just tied LeBron James for like t- for most games and straight games in franchise history with 10, 10, and five. That's five assists. Like that's the kind of stuff we want to see Wendell Carter Jr. doing with like the playmaking. We know he can do it. We know he he's a good decision maker. He's a good passer. We don't see we haven't seen any of that type of development. So it's just like. The whole part about like how they're what this like core ceiling is, it's just hard to see it. Like you said, be anything better than mediocre. And right now, it's I'm not sure how they are. they're going to get to that next level. Even if they somehow do stay alive in this playoff race, because the playoff race in the East and the West, actually for that matter, at the bottom is a joke. I just yeah, like where they go from like being just like okay slash bad to actually really good, it's hard to see where they where that where that comes from. Okay, so one thing we haven't talked about yet that we need to is Jabari Parker's comments on the Bulls. Oh, Jabari yeah, returned right. to Chicago on Wednesday as the Bulls beat the Hawks. Jabari gave two amazing quotes, dragging the Bulls as hard as they've ever been dragged by a player. I love to see it. Jabari Parker is now good. That's the official take on Jabari <laughs> after dragging the front office. Here's the first quote. He says, quote, uh, it just happens. Things happen all the time. It's no bitterness to it. I just had to move on, but that never changed how I feel about my city because I have more street cred than that organization, period. I'm good on all sides. I don't have beef with nobody. I show love. I do things for the community, and that's bigger than that organization just because I'm homegrown. So that's what's so unique about my situation is that I can always come back. I can always host camps because I'm from the city just like D-Rose, just like D-Wade, just like so many other guys. So for First, Jabari says that he has more street cred than the Bulls, which is A, true, B, hilarious. And then Jabari keeps going. This is an excerpt from the Daily Herald, who writes... Parker talked before Wednesday's game with the United Center about the Bulls not being a destination for Chicago players. Parker, quote, If it was up to us, we'd have our own team and play here, right? (laughs) But that's just not the business, Parker said. The business, they choose who they want. This is the organization, and they have the money, so that's how it goes. Parker also talked about his departure from the Bulls last season. An ESPN reporter tweeted an interesting Parker quote where he said he had more street cred than the Bulls organization. So, uh, tip of the cap to Jabari Parker. I think that he is our bull of the week this week goes to Jabari Parker for dragging the bulls and we should also do the Boylanism of the week I was trying to set you up for this in the last segment because you wrote about it at Bloggable but do you want to talk a little bit Jason about Boylan's 35 assists quote yeah sorry I totally I totally missed that setup when you talked about that yes that went over my head. Yeah, that was this was after I believe it was the Hawks game, and they had they had something like thirty two assists. Mind you, this is the, like one of their best offensive games like ever at the United Center. I think I think it was actually the most points scored by the Bulls in a in a uh, four quarter game, no overtime at the United Center. It was one hundred thirty six points, and they had like thirty two assists. So in the next day, and Darnell Mayberry, his column of the Athletic, he does like the Nuggets after each game, and right down towards like the bottom, like you can't even just like enjoy a, a nice Bulls blowout win without. Boylan like making a fool of himself he let me get up the exact quote basically he says that his goal is for the Bulls to average 35 assists per game which has literally never been done in uh in NBA history like the I think the record I don't think anyone's ever gotten to 32 I think the record is like 31 something yeah by a Lakers team like the like the 26 or the like the, the Warriors from a few years ago like the peak Warriors with like KD they they had like 31 a game that's a team that like the best offensive rating of all time known for all their ball movement Jim Boylan's out here saying oh yeah I, I want this team to average 35 a game and like he like, doubled down on it he's like oh I didn't pull that out of my butt here it is here's the exact quote 
I watch the films. I see the open shots we missed. I see the assists we have. I didn't pull this number out of the air. This is something that I think we can do. I think it's attainable. I think it's a statement to how we want to play. If we don't get 35 and we get 30, that's still pretty good. I love. I watch the films. I feel like it's a like a great quote there. Like whatever, whatever. Yeah, we all watch the games. Like every team misses open shots. Like obviously, a ton of teams have like all those potential assists that they miss out on. Like. You could say that about any team, like, could average 35 assists if all their guys made open jumpers off passes. Like, a completely ridiculous statement. Like, again, like I said, like, the Bulls have a, a great win. They blow out a team that they should, that Hawks are terrible, one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. And Jimbo comes out here with this just goofiness. I think he, I think Darnell mentioned that he brought it up after the Raptors game as well, because I think the Bulls had, like, 30 assists in that game as well. Like, the NBA leader this year is 28. The Bulls are at, like, 24 assists per game. And Jim Boylan's out here, like, asking them, like, thinks it's attainable to make history, not only make history, but, like, blow history out of the water by averaging, like, three more assists per game than anybody else. Like, how ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, you can go back to Boylan saying, I coach by faith! You yes. can go back to Boylan saying, if you build it, they will come. You can go back to Boylan talking about road dogs and talking about preparing the children for the road and all the other ridiculous shit he said this year. Jim Boylan is an embarrassment to the Chicago Bulls organization. And when that fan looked at him and said, Boylan, you are a clown. clown. Any smart person would fire you. There were a lot of people on the internet that were coming at the guy who heckled Jim Boylan. And I totally understand that point of view. The Bulls' problems are so much bigger than Jim Boylan. Everything that that has happened this year is really an institutional problem with the Bulls. It has been happening throughout John Paxson's tenure as the lead decision maker with this friend. At the same time, Jim Boylan fucking sucks. Jim Boylan does not deserve his job. And that guy's right. Anyone smart would fire him. Even the Knicks, who are the one organization the Bulls fans like to compare themselves to. Well, at least we're not as bad as the Knicks. The Knicks fired their shitty coach. They actually have their shitty front office on the hot seat. So... I defend the fans' right to heckle Jim Boylan because the fans are paying for tickets. He did not say anything, in my opinion, that was untrue. Someone's got to tell Boylan he sucks because no one else in the building has any accountability. Jimmy Butler, when he was on the team, tried to take some accountability and said, hey, guys need to be better, guys need to work harder. They traded him for it. They chose Fred Hoiberg over Jimmy Butler. So every single thing with this Bulls franchise that has gone wrong comes back to a lack of accountability maybe the fans do need to start putting it on Boylan on Paxson and I'm totally fine with Boylan getting heckled I mean he does suck that's true anyone smart would fire him again that's true so you can be rude to Jim Boylan I don't care the guy's making a lot of money he sucks he deserves it yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you don't want to get, like, personal with guys. Like, you don't want to do that. But, like, yeah, I mean, heckling I after care. a terrible loss, after, like, a historically, not historically bad, but, like, 73 points. Like, you just won a game where you put up 173 or 136, and then the next game you, like, score half of that. Like, how, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. They absolutely, the fans, the expectations, and with this market, I and mean, they should expect better. We've been go- going through this garbage year three of a rebuild, and the team is 10 and 18, and that after trading their the star player that they had, it's it's bad. Fans are fed up, and and this kind of goes back to how I started this. Like there are so many fans now that want the that want the Bulls to lose games, and that sucks. Like we don't want to be in a position like they're not. T- we're obviously like not rooting for like straight up like tanking for the draft pick. Like we want them to lose so their front office and the coach can get fired, and that's horrible. Like like that's not how what fandom should be about. We we should want teams to win games and like have fun watching them. Like, nobody has fun watching the Bulls right now. Everyone wants them to lose games. 
and so so there will be so there might be some accountability at some point. That really sucks. Like as a fan, we're we're rare now. It's just really unfortunate. It sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so if you're someone who's listening to this podcast, tweet at us about this. Are you rooting for the Bulls to lose? Because yeah, I'm rooting for the Bulls to lose. Uh, I did the Comcast, or I'm sorry, NBC Sports Chicago Sports Talk Live TV show on Friday. Lawrence Holmes was the host. After the show, I walk backstage, and Matt Peck, who's on their Bulls Outsiders show, is back there. Peck and I are just chatting for a little bit, and he said the same thing. He's like, man, I'm hoping they can lose, too. Uh, You know, not even for tanking purposes, but because this front office deserves the shame, and everyone's got to go. And I think that if this season gets really bad, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Reinsdorfs to finally make a move with the front office. Firing Boylan isn't enough. Obviously, Boylan sucks. Boylan should be fired before this podcast is over. Fire him right now. But at the same time, this has gotten so bad that there finally needs to be new management. I've been saying fire Garpax for how fucking long. (laughs) Now it is a mainstream movement. It needs to be done. Michael Reinsdorf, you can do something about this, man. You don't have to be a totally passive uh, shitlord owner who is just waiting to collect his money and praying for a miracle's chance either in development or in the draft lottery for something good to happen like it did for this franchise when they got Derrick Rose. That ain't going to work, buddy. Do something about it. Fire John Paxson, fire Gar Foreman, hire some competent people, and dear God, let go of Jim Boylan right now because this man is a straight-up humiliation to the Chicago Bulls and to the proud city of Chicago. I know the Athletic. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was last week or early this week. Like, finally came out with like hints at maybe. Maybe there'll be some kind of house cleaning if like things go bad this whole year. I mean, it's not going to happen. Any, it clearly is not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, unless maybe things get really bad, but right now the Bulls are just kind of meandering around, like they're four and four in December. They've been more competitive against good teams, so like they're they're. But like I feel like every loss is like infuriating. That's like the problem with them. They're, they're not that awful, but every loss they have is just so infuriating. Like the Hornets lost just like seventy three points. The Raptors lost. Like you're close against a good team and you blow it. The Heat they lost that Heat game in overtime because they stopped defending Tyler Hero and like. And then the, they lost. They've lost the Warriors twice. I mean, just like think of the stupid losses they've had this year. Like, and if they were maybe if they had a better coach or a few other things go their way, like maybe they would be wouldn't be a complete joke. But they've lost all these stupid games, and they are a complete joke because they have a goofball head coach. And yeah, it's it's tough. We'll see. We'll we'll see if there's any type of actual house cleaning. I'm like I said, I'm not really. I'm not. I, I think it's all wishful thinking at this point because I mean, they, John Paxson has been around running this front office for what is this year 17? 16 like he's been running this front office since LeBron James came in the league and that's absolutely wild considering that they've have not they've been to one conference finals over that time period uh it's pretty crazy just absolutely wild um is there anything like I, I we haven't brought up the Otto Porter Jr injury which is just another joke of a thing right now like Otto Porter Jr is going to be missed like another month I I expect Otto Porter Jr to not play again this season and who knows what happens with his future supposedly he's got some f- small fracture that they found this week out at least another four weeks, and I mean, I would assume it'll be more after that. Like this was kind of what happened with Denzel Valentine, who apparently is now like shooting like fifty percent from three. Hit a big three against the Clippers. He did some goofy shimmy. Thinks very highly of himself, but he's actually been playing better now that he's actually playing. But with his injury last year, like came out of nowhere. He's always got this ankle problem, and then all of a sudden he needs a reconstructive surgery. Out of Porter Jr., he like leaves with a mysterious foot injury. You mentioned Boylan, who says goofy stuff about injuries. Like he he's always like tying himself in knots. 
like, I think did that with this this injury. And now, like, all of a sudden, he's going to be out, like, probably two or three months or maybe even the whole season. So, that's, like, another bad part of this bowl season. That's, again, exposing some of their issues with their with their wing depth because Chandler Hutchinson's still hurt as well. Kobe White's really slowed down. Chris Dunn's been playing better, at least defensively, in the starting role. He did. He's done a nice job on... He did a nice job on Trey Young. He did pretty well on Paul George. Had some big defensive plays last night. But still, like, Chris Dunn is better as a bench guy, as we've seen. Defensive, like, they just have problems on the wing. And Otto Porter Jr.'s injury only exacerbates that. Just another thing to add to the tab of the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls and their long history of medical staff issues and just going back to the organization, just not having much accountability and just being kind of a joke overall. Yeah, one of my favorite things from this Bulls season actually happened this week, and it was Otto Porter's girlfriend taking oh, yeah. the Bulls to task over Otto's injury. She, her name's Jacqueline Humphrey. She tweeted, I hate injuries. The positive, we finally know what is wrong with his foot after a month. First a foot sprain, then a bone edema. And now a fractured foot. Disappointing it took over a month to properly diagnose his injury, but he'll be back. Hashtag go Bulls. Uh, so, I mean, Jason, how many times have the Bulls misdiagnosed an injury right. over the last decade? Fire everybody! This is totally <laughs> asinine, insane shit that should never be happening. Now we have to rely on the players' girlfriends holding the medical staff accountable because no one else is going to do it? This is pathetic. Come on, Bulls. And then... I'm kind of proud of myself, I got to say, because I got retweeted by Thaddeus Young's wife, who seems like a super cool person, and I had tweeted that uh, after Thaddeus Young played really well against the Clippers, I said, you know, Thaddeus Young's one of the best players on this team. Perhaps he shouldn't be eighth on the team in minutes per game, and Thad Young's wife retweeted retweeted me with a gif of Will Smith from The French Prince, just basically like pondering the question in a playful manner, so... (laughs) Uh, even the girlfriends of new bulls are turning on this organization. I love to see it personally. Well, we, so we haven't even mentioned that story that Thad it comes out from Joe Cowley that Thad Young's apparently not happy with his minutes, and he's only like he's only playing what twenty two minutes a game, um, and that he like if things don't change, like he's going to ask for a trade. Like this was the guy who came in, like hopefully as like a veteran leader. Uh, and now we're a third of the way in the season. He might ask for a trade because he's like not happy with his minutes. And then, and then after that, so then after that, in this Hornets game, like he played more after that game. And like, and Jim Boylan benched Larry Markin for like 15, 16 minutes, and he gave some goofy ass answer when he was asked about it. It's like, just like this whole thing is just, it's just goofy as hell. Like, it's just like, it's just always, there's always something, whether it's a veteran asking for a trade already, whether it's Jim Boylan saying goofy stuff or is trying to explain his moves. Like, it's, it's just wild. It's so, fr- it's so damn frustrating. Yeah, the Bulls suck, man. I got nothing more. I got nothing else <laughs> yeah. on this. But, I think, uh, I think that's basically enough, enough ranting. I think we basically covered everything. I, I, I totally forgot about the Thad Young thing until you brought his name up in this whole thing. It's, yeah. It's, the Bulls have been such a just a mess that a possible Thad Young trade request. He did, he has not asked for one, but possibly if things don't change. And apparently, one of Cowley's sources was a teammate. Like I would love to know which teammate is going to Joe Cowley and telling him that Thad Young like might ask for a trade if he doesn't start playing more. Like that's absolutely hilarious. Uh, before we wrap up here, I guess I'll take a quick look ahead at their schedule. Since the Bulls just played a bunch of home games, they are now going on a road trip. Uh, it's not the most difficult of road trips. They play some team, a bunch of teams, I think, under 500. Again, the rest of the month is not that difficult. It starts getting difficult once the calendar flips to 2020. But uh, in this upcoming week, we go to Oklahoma City at uh, on Monday night. 
Oklahoma City is 11-14, the right on the edge of the Western Conference playoff picture. They obviously have Chris Paul, Gallinari, so they have some decent players. That'll be a tough game. Then they go to Washington on Wednesday. The Wizards have been one of the better offensive teams somehow, uh, led by Bradley Beal, but they're a terrible defense. Uh, again, though, that's a winnable game. Then they go at Detroit. The Bulls have handled Detroit both times at home, but the, the Pistons have been playing a little better lately. D Rose just had a huge game. They beat the they beat the Rockets behind a huge game from D Rose. Uh, so that, I mean that'll be tough. That's on Saturday. So yeah, we got three games this week, all on the road. Thunder, Wizards, Detroit, and they finish up the road trip next week, right before Christmas, uh, at Orlando. So again, yeah, I mean if the Bulls are going to actually make anything interesting out of this season. I mean, they got to go like 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh on this road trip, which uh, I don't think either of us expect that to happen. I feel like they'll probably go 2-2. Two and two. They'll lose in some stupid fashion in a couple of these games. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Ricky, you're done. We're good here. We're good. Bulls suck. Fire everybody. Right. <laughs> Bulls suck. Fire everybody. That's it. All right, that is all for us from Cash Considerations this week. It's good to be back, even if the Bulls are as frustrating as ever. As always, thank you to Blue, shout out to Blue Wire, and thank you to Blue Wire Pods. Go listen to all the great pods around the Blue Wire Network. There's so many good ones. As for us, as always, Cash Considerations, rate and review us wherever you listen to your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all those great places. So, for Jason and Ricky, this has been Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls Podcast. Fire everybody. Goodbye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.